0: another episode of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and on this episode, we're talking about a team that's going to be facing a lot of the AFC South this year, basically all of the AFC South this year. That would be the New Orleans Saints, and I figured I'd bring on someone that is very knowledgeable about the city of New Orleans. You know, he grew up in them parts. That would be Damian Adams from The Real Deal with Damian Adams. What's going on, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. Glad to be on the show. You know, i jokingly call the Interview Mike. So the fact that this is my second time on this show alongside all of the other, you know, very, very distinguished ladies and gentlemen that you've had on the show, you know, makes me feel kind of good, man. I can't complain.
0: Well, hey, man, thank you again for accepting the invitation. Of course, we're going to get into the New Orleans Saints, talk about their offseason, talk about, you know, the, the the different things going on there. We're going to get into that more Uh, But up first, like I do always, it's the get-it-off-your-chest segment. Uh, Could be about sports, could be about anything, but this one, yeah, definitely is about the preseason, and it's going to be about interceptions. Of course, everyone wants to talk about interceptions, and now everyone wants to talk about interceptions in practice. Like, uh, for example, Brock Purdy had a joint practice with the Raiders or whoever, and had a couple interceptions, or you got Malik Willis throwing an interception, and and Will Levison people are worried and trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, okay, aren't they supposed to take chances in practice? Are they not supposed to be a perfect practice? I mean, aren't they supposed to, you know, misreads? Are they supposed to learn? learn? Part of that learning is making mistakes. You get better. So when you get the game, you got it right. That's what happens. You can't have a perfect practice and then go out in the game and then, you know, you could have a perfect practice and then go out in the game and just throw it away. You would if you rather have it reversed, where you're actually throwing the football to your players in the game as opposed to practice throwing it to everybody else. I think I would rather have the game have the better results. But you know, that's to me, it's just frustrating hearing people getting worried. Oh my God, he's he's threw three picks in practice and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, Tom Brady's probably throwing three picks in practice, Joe Burrow has. Probably Jalen Hurts has probably uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, you can go on and on. We go to uh, Kurt Warner probably as well. I mean, any of the uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Warren Moon probably. Stone three uh, picks in practice, but in the game is where it matters. You make your mistakes in practice and correct them to be ready for the games. So please, people, don't go overboard with the interceptions in practice because it's practice you know i don't mean to sound like alan iverson but we're talking about practice <laughs> practice y'all practice really come on that's my that's what i had to give i mean you you got anything to add to that damien
1: nah i think you hit it on the head this is the mistakes you want to make those mistakes in practice you want to be able to work out the kinks of what's possible with certain plays in practice, against different sets, against different defenses. So when you do see them in the game, and you made a mistake in practice, you gonna make a mistake again in the game when it matters. So I think you hit that on the head for sure.
0: Yeah, it's so frustrating, but you know, it's it's part of watching and looking at social media, and you know, seeing people that either don't know the game or are hypercritical of their teams and the game. Comment. That's just part of it, I guess. Um, but we're going to move forward from, you know, making mistakes in practice and all those different things. But we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Now, last season didn't go exactly as the Saints wanted. Finished 7-10. and 10, You know, it was a three-way tie, 7-10. and 10. They finished third in the division based off of the tie. And then, of course, uh, you know, just didn't have that con- continuity they used to have, used to having at quarterback. You know, Drew Brees' era, that was, you know, you knew you could count on him to be the quarterback and him to do his thing. Then, of course, you have Jameis Winston. You have Taysom Hill. You have all these different guys, Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, just the inconsistency there kind of bled into the rest of the team uh, for a 7-10 and 10 season. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts on last year for New Orleans?
1: Man, uh, we as a team – like you said, just lacked consistency all over the field, especially on offense. Uh, Defensively, we looked very good the second half of the season. Uh, We ended up finishing top 10 in defense overall because we were so good the second half of the season on the defensive side of the ball, but it was enough because offensively, we did nothing to help the defense. Uh, Andy Dalton, I don't understand why Dennis Allen was so stubborn about having Andy Dalton as a quarterback when he didn't show anything to say that could help us win games. He was so scared of Jameis Winston losing us games that he was going with somebody who wasn't to win you the game. And at the quarterback position, even if you have a good defense, you still need somebody who can game for you there. And Andy Dalton just can't for you. Uh, so I thought last year was a failure on the offensive side of the ball from the coaching staff. And Dennis Allen has to be held accountable for that. He's the head coach. I know that he's a defensive specialist. But because he's the head coach, he still has responsibilities on the offensive side of the ball. We just didn't look good on that side of the ball at all last year.
0: Well, you did speak on Dennis Allen, and and to me, Dennis Allen, I still remember him as the Raiders coach, and that wasn't pretty. So, to me, I still think the jury is out on Dennis Allen as a coach. Defensive coordinator, great. Head coach, still not so sure. But speaking of the defense – um the saints uh of course were talented and you know it had to be frustrating watching the saints defense play well and then the offense not be able to kind of you know pay off what the defense was doing out there just describe how frustrating that probably was watching uh in terms of uh that that instance going out those, those instances week to week i should say
1: yeah really frustrating and you know how the meagles have that song bad and bougie our offense was bad and boring. Like, not only was it bad, but it was just boring to watch our offense do what they were doing last year. And defensively, like, the one game that really stands out to me, or there's a couple games, but the one that stands out to me the most is against San Francisco. San Francisco was a very good team last year, made it to the AMC Championship game. We played again, and our defense shut them down. Like, they weren't able to do anything offensively all game long. Still lost that game because our offense just had nothing for us and i understand that san francisco has a good defense but offensively they should have done something to help us out uh you think about the game against tampa bay on monday night football where tampa Bay had a crazy comeback at the end of the game game to win and offensively we could have did just a little bit more just be average we could have won so many more games so it was extremely frustrating watching our offense just let our defense down over and over again
0: sure now speaking now speaking of frustrating I know it had to be frustrating for a particular wide receiver you you like to watch on your team. Well, previously with Drew Brees. That would be Michael Thomas. It just seemed like he could not get on the field last year as well. Uh it just it, I mean, what's going on with Michael Thomas? It's almost like, you know, can't guard Mike is can't get healthy Mike these days.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely a very, very accurate description of mike at this time is can't get healthy uh you just gotta hope that he can stay healthy you know that he'll be ready for week one and that he looks healthy uh the little time that he did play last year he looked good he looked good in those moments but again you just have to be able to stay healthy and i've joked that you have to get a fountain everybody just about the fountain of youth new orleans has to find a fountain of health right throw michael thomas in there throw zion in there and <laughs> let's get them let's get them going <laughs> in that health for sure because those two guys are so dynamic at what they do when healthy. And hopefully with Michael Thomas, we get that this year, especially with Derek Carr at quarterback, and they can build that chemistry along with Chris Olave and other weapons that we have. That would be amazing to see. But at this point, it's kind of hard to depend on that. So you're just hoping that he's healthy. And it's kind of a bonus if he's healthy that we haven't had
0: in so long. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting just to see if he can stay healthy and then of course you know build chemistry with David Carr. We're going to get into that actually uh in a second but you know I want to talk about the off season, you know, kind of transition there. Uh the off season for the New Orleans Saints and uh you know you can't talk the off season without talking about Alvin Of course last season he played through the the entire season, you never knew what was going to happen or you you know a lot of people thought it wasn't going to be a suspension during the season. Uh, it ended up not being one. And then in this year, to start this year, of course, it, it comes down to the ruling a three game suspension. Now, in my opinion, I think he got off pretty light. Um, what do you think uh, of the ruling of the NFL? You know, basically, for those that don't know, it was a brawl in the elevator, basically. Uh, him and uh, Chris Lamont, who was actually a defensive back for the Indianapolis Colts, were involved in it. And it was pretty messy. But, you know, to come out with a three-game suspension out of that, I mean, he was pretty lucky in my opinion. But, I mean, what did you think of the ruling itself?
1: Yeah, I thought that uh, he might have gotten longer. As a Saints fan, I definitely was afraid of that for sure. So from a Saints fan's perspective, hey, i I'm with it. I'm, I'm good with that. I have no problem. I'm with that ruling, you know, so hopefully he it seemed like he has learned his lesson from that and that he'll be able to move forward, knowing how to move in those situations and also how to avoid those situations going forward. Uh, so I think a three game suspension may be a little light, but because of all the time that has passed, that's probably why it was such a light suspension because he's left already and they just had to give him a suspension at this
0: point. Got you. OK, now, uh, of course, the team will miss him. But they did pick up one gentleman from the Detroit Lions. That would be Mr. Uh, Jamal Williams. Now, for those that aren't aware, he had a career high, uh, 1,066 yards rushing uh, last season, also had 17 rushing touchdowns. So what do you think of his addition? And can he you know, kind of hold down the fort while Alvin Kamara is gone?
1: He could definitely hold down the fort. He's somebody who isn't going to have the explosive plays of Alvin Kamara, but he's very consistent. He's somebody who's going to get you those four or five yard runs. And we also have a young man in Kendra Miller who's going to prove himself in those three games. A lot of the reports come out of camp that he's been amazing as far as his ability to both catch out of the backfield and run between the tackles. So I think you're going to be surprised in those first three games to see Miller probably take the bulk of the carries. Compared to Williams but Williams had the goal line and still the guy in short yardage for us
0: I thought it was very telling in regards to the the, the Saints this offseason that they brought in Kareem Hunt and you know took a look at him and things like that even with Jamal Williams there so you know I am kind of interested how they're going to deploy him and you know hey you know he's got to be wondering when they're bringing in like Kareem Hunt and those different players He's got to be wondering where his role stands with this team. I mean, you did sign him to a a three year deal in the offseason. It's almost like you're trying to replace him as as a guy that can step in there off top. I mean, you know, I understand that the the passing uh, offense with him isn't necessarily the greatest, but, you know, do do you think he feels like, do you think he should feel a certain way about that? Uh, He's been in the
1: league for a long time now. So I think he understands. (laughs) know the business side of it and understands what he's capable of at this point right he knows that he's a better short yardage guy someone like kareem hunt we've seen the ability of him to be a dynamic number one and you know before he had an incident in kansas city he was looked at as one of the best running backs in the league and then had to take a back seat to nick chubb in cleveland uh so when you have a chance to bring someone like that in you got to look at him you have to at least see what's going on there so i don't think he should feel a type of way I think he just has to go out there and prove that he is worth being that number two guy for the
0: same. It'll be interesting to see. And I, I definitely knowing him, he's probably not reading or listening to any of these things because he likes anime. So he's probably not hearing this <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been awesome in uh, the videos in camp of him like signing pokemon cards and different anime things for the fans out there so it's been pretty dope seeing that interaction that he's had with the fans because of that connection with anime Yeah,
0: it's definitely gonna be interesting i i honestly expect him to eventually come out with his own anime but he's probably he just hasn't thought about it or had time to make it there yet
1: yeah Let's, i can see yeah. that for sure
0: now of course you know i i can't end the offensive uh part of it now i did talk about Michael Thomas earlier and him being healthy. But part of that uh, him in his production, if he is healthy, is going to be tied to Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr was the big fish to get this offseason to for New Orleans to kind of shore up the quarterback position, which hasn't been stable since Drew Brees retired. Um, Now, this reunites him with Dennis Allen. Now, I wouldn't say they had necessarily the greatest success together with the Raiders, but, you know, Hey, he's familiar with Dennis Allen. So I get it why he signed there. Uh, and automatically, you know, with him 20 plus touchdowns uh, and, and an average of maybe 10 interceptions a season, which, you know, that's not bad, you know, a two to one, you know, touchdown interception ratio is not horrible. And they're saying it's outstanding, but it's not horrible either. Uh, so how do you feel about him being your starting quarterback this year? I feel pretty good, you know. When you look at his history, he's never
1: had a defense like he's going to have this year. Uh, this ranked defense he had in Oakland slash Vegas was 19th. Right, he's never had a top half defense in the NFL during his entire career. So the fact that he's going to have what's projected to be a top 10 or top 13 defense at the latest, or least, with uh, but the Saints definitely puts him in a good position. And also he just never had consistency in Oakland and Vegas, as far as who's gonna be his weapons, who's gonna be there on the offensive line. He knows that going in. And now even if Michael Thomas isn't healthy, he still has other weapons to go to and a good offensive line in front of him. And also the chemistry that he gets to build with office coordinator, Pete Carmichael who's been there forever now. I think that that consistency and just having a constant going to happen. On a consistent basis from the Saints, it's really going to help Derek Carr. I can see him having a great year for us.
0: Now, I did I did have one other question. Um, are you concerned about the talk about him perform his performance in the clutch? Because you know, some people will say that he doesn't necessarily perform well when it comes to clutch times or fourth quarter. Does that kind of you know bother you just a little bit, or is that something you're you're kind of watching and keeping up with?
1: I just have to wait and see what happens when he's with us in our situation and what happens in those clutch situations uh do we call the right plays do we protect them in those clutch situations a lot of times you know when a quarterback quote unquote in those situations it's because he didn't get protected he got sacked or something like that happens so there's so much outside of their control in those situations but because they are a quarterback they get the glory and the blame uh, so hopefully we put him in the right situation to succeed and we have to see if he's able to come through when he does have the right protection, when he does have the right plays, when he does have everything around him working correctly
0: in those situations. yeah, It's definitely going to be interesting to see how that offense develops uh, under the leadership of Derek Carr. And honestly, to see if Dennis Allen kind of allows the offense to do a little bit more with a guy that he trusts. Uh, But we're going to talk about the defense uh, of the New Orleans Saints, kind of flip over there. Uh, We're going to do that, but first we have to do – to take a quick commercial break on tour AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett? garrett logistics well garrett logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages last minute loads multi-drop pickups and more are part of the services with garrett logistics they're available monday through friday 7 a.m to 6 p.m and saturday 8 a.m to 12 p.m all times central standard time so give them a ring at 615 400 8484 that's 615 615- or you can email them at john at garrett or visit their website at garrett logistics.co garrett logistics where the motto is it's not just freight to us it's your business all right and we are back on tour the AFC South. Of course, uh, we are talking Saints. No, this is not turned into an NFC South show. Uh, we are talking about the NFC South teams <laughs> that are going against the AFC South. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to help the fans of the AFC South get familiar with the opponent. So, you know, kind of ride with me, everyone. Uh, of course, we talked about the offense earlier, but we do have to talk about the defense. And I cannot start Talking about the New Orleans Saints defense without talking about the longest tenured New Orleans Saints, right? The New Orleans Saint right now, and that would be Cam Jordan. Now, he recently got a two-year, $27.5 million extension to tie him to New Orleans through the 2025 season. Now, he has been kind of up and down in terms of his production and sacks, things like that. But his presence is always there. It isn't always you know tied into sacks because, of course, he gets a lot of attention. Uh, from offensive lines. And, of course, you know, the other side isn't always there for him. Uh, But what, what all does he bring to this defense, just besides the numbers on the field?
1: Well, like you said, it's always a presence there with him, right? And one of the things that's underrated about defense alignment, especially edge defense alignment, is their play against the run. And he's one of the best defensive linemen in the game against the run. And I understand that now we're in a pass-happy league, and it's all about creating pass, generating offense through the pass, and also being able to stop the pass when you're on defense. But if you can stop the run and you can make a team one-dimensional, which Cam Jordan does a great job of doing, it makes it so much easier to stop the pass when you're passing from second and 10, third and 10, third and 12. It makes it extremely easier for your defense to be able to stop him in a situation. And cam joins a big part of that and even with his sacks they may go up and down but it's never down to the point where you're worried about him not being able to get to the quarterback last year he had eight and a half sacks and that's something that you want from that position to be able to stop the run and also still provide a presence in pass rush uh, he does so much for the defense from a leadership perspective being able to teach the other defense alignment he's a huge part of why this defense has been a good defense for the past no, you know, five, six years now is because
0: of Cam Jordan's presence. Right, right. And, and like you mentioned, he's teaching the other linemen as well. But one thing I want to ask is, you know, who's going to step up? Because it can't just be Cam Jordan, you know, is it going to be Peyton Turner? Is it going to be Carl Granderson? Who is going to step up opposite of Cam Jordan to take advantage of the attention that he gets, in your opinion? So hopefully is a combination of those guys
1: that you named right Carl grandson last year had five and a half sacks he gets a chance this year to have a and hopefully in that bigger role has more production. Um, you think about uh, Kalen Sanders, who we got from Kansas City, who I like that pickup because he was part of a defense that won a Super Bowl so he knows what it takes to get there. Was playing alongside a great and chris jones so he knows what it looks like and he knows how to be productive from that defensive tackle position we also picked up Nathan shepherd from the jets another player from a good defense so when you're picking up guys who are parts of very good defenses they know what it takes to be a good defense and they know what their role is in that good defense so even if they don't have crazy stats they know how to hold down their position to where everyone else could do their jobs right if the defense tackles holding down what they do It opens up for our great linebackers and demario davis and pete Werner to do their job and then that translates to secondary so i think that a defensive line doesn't have the flashy names outside of cam jordan but we have people who know how to play their roles and have been successful and we also have young guys like peyton turner who peyton turner we took a chance on a 2021 draft out of houston we traded up to get him and he hasn't lived up to that yet this is a make or break year for him he has to come in and be productive in the chances that he gets and also, we drafted uh, Brian Brisey out of Clemson, who we're hearing great things about. I mentioned Kaelin uh, Sanders earlier, who played alongside Chris Jones. Sanders, in a roundabout way, not directly, but in a roundabout way, said that Brian Brisey, with his size and explosiveness, reminds him a little bit of Chris Jones. Very high praise. That is very, very high praise. But if you're hearing that from other defensive linemen who've played alongside greats like Chris Jones, you love to hear that. So I think our defensive line may surprise some people
0: this year. Now, you did mention him, and uh, I was actually going to get to him next. That would be Brian Brecy, uh the rookie first round pick from Clemson. Now, he played alongside a particular gentleman that's playing in the NFL, too. That'd be Miles Murphy that's playing as well. Pretty sure people have seen him uh, as well, and he was a monster as well. You know, With the Clemson, kind of the tradition of producing defensive linemen, are you excited for what potential he has with this New Orleans defense?
1: I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Everything you're hearing is about how he's such such a good athlete, good fundamentals. And when you combine somebody who has the fundamentals along with the natural athletic ability of him, and also he's somebody who on a personal side do a lot. So I think he actually, he really appreciates this opportunity of being in the NFL and is going to take full opportunity or the full advantage of the opportunity uh, to make sure that he's productive and make sure that he stays on the field. So I think he's going to be a great player for us. I don't look for him to be great right away, but as it goes along. You'll see more and more of him.
0: All right. All right. Now, one person is a rookie with Brees we just talked about, but one person is a veteran. And of course, we're going to move to the safety position. That would be Terran Matthew. Now, he had a solid season last year. He's had a career high in tackles last year, which many probably don't know, but, um, it wasn't necessarily the flash plays that you're used to or just the game-changing plays that you're used to from him. Um, You know, year two, back home, New Orleans, what are you expecting from him this year that you probably didn't get last year?
1: Uh, Just for him to come out the game faster. Like, he's somebody who, as the year got along, he played better and better as the year went along. He got more and more used to the system. So this being his second year, I expect him to come right out the gates and be better to start this year. And he played all 17 games last year. That's one thing that you were worried about with him coming in, getting a little older on the quote-unquote wrong side of 30 is, can he be healthy? And he played all 17 games last year on wood. He can play all the games this year, and he'll be able to be more productive and know exactly what his role is right away. So I just expect him to do the same thing he did last year, just starting from the second half of the season, where he's more just confident and knows exactly what his role is. And because he knows what his role
0: is, he can make more special plays that we're used to. It definitely helps that he's in the same system again, and that Dennis Allen is still there. So I think with Dennis Allen being there and the continuity, I think he's going to play a little bit faster and a little bit more free this year because just because he understands more what is expected of him honestly um <clears throat> it definitely um it's going to be interesting as well just to see him be a leader there in the in the in the back of that defense you know you have Lattimore there as your your star cornerback you have a few young guys as well so it's, it's going to be interesting just to see the leadership portion in my opinion but you know i just want to go over the saints offense defense but Of course, this is an AFC South show, so we do have to talk about how they go against the AFC South. And the first game out the blocks, they see the Tennessee Titans and Mr. Derrick Henry. Now, as far as this, the Saints weren't necessarily incredible against the run, but they weren't bad against the run. They were kind of hovered right there in the middle against the run. And this is a big challenge facing a big man. The first game of the season, you know. Of course, you know you worked out your preseason things, and you know people out there for the first time really playing the entire game. How interesting is it going to be seeing that physical a team the first game after preseason?
1: Man, it's definitely a big challenge, right? Because you want to have your defensive line that I just mentioned and has some new parts. You want them to be able to try to gel together. But we don't have that time we got to get right in there and get thrown in the fire against derrick henry and that great running game that tennessee has and with that matchup because there you have to bring down extra people the safeties the linebackers everybody has to be ready to help defend against the run which means that our cornerbacks are going to be on islands so the big matchup that i'm looking forward to is the andre hopkins versus marshall Lattimore. i think that's going to be the big matchup that determines that game because we're going to do so much to try to stop that run that our cornerbacks have to be able to handle on their side as far as being on the island. And Lattimore is one of the best in the game. I think he definitely can handle his own, but we know Hopkins is that guy. So that's going to be a very, very good matchup in week one as far as as prepares for that. And do we leave, you know, Lattimore and Paulson Adiba or Alante Taylor, our cornerbacks on islands against Tennessee's wide receivers, especially do – what do we do against play action that's one thing that tennessee is great at because there can is such a when they go into that play action and they have that classic crossing route across the middle that they always love to do are we ready for that or do we our linebackers just get fooled and get pulled up there's so many things that go into that matchup because of the strong running game and week one's a tough time to have that matchup but hey we gotta be ready
0: i hear you there now one thing i also want to mention in this game is that you know, not only is the matchup of D Hop versus Lattimore, but you also have the matchup of uh, whoever this number two cornerback ends up being versus uh, Mr. Uh, Traylon Burke. Now, I will tell you, Traylon Burke looks like a different man from year one to year two. He came in in shape, stayed here in Tennessee, worked out, did a lot of different things, and he has been playing with swag and confidence. Throughout all the practices, making one-handed catches, jumping, making catches, all those different things. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does. But you know, the one key person uh, I look at for this game, and you mentioned the play action, that would be Chig Quanco, the tight end for the for the uh, the Titans. A lot of people don't mention he's actually was top uh, top five or top ten in yards per per catch last year, and that's all of tight ends Mm -hmm. in the NFL. So that's going to be a guy that definitely watch the safeties versus Chiga as well. But uh, we're going to move on to the next team. That would be the Houston Texans. They come in October 15th. And by this point, a couple games have been played by Mr. Uh, CJ Stroud, which I expect him to be the starter. Uh, and that's going to be interesting, you know, for a couple things. Offensively, it's going to be interesting. Cam Jordan versus the Houston offensive line. Because the Houston offensive line has had its its issues. Of course, you do have Laramie Tunzel. You know, hopefully he doesn't uh you know listen to Fat Joe before the game and lean back a little bit too many times. But um, you know, it just it, to me, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup just to see how that offensive line does versus Cam Jordan. And then another matchup to look at is Stingley versus Michael Thomas, if healthy. That's gonna be a pretty good matchup. Uh, what what else are you thinking about when it comes to the Houston Texans and and what things that you probably need to do in terms of defensively versus CJ Stroud man it's so much unknown
1: going into that matchup because you have so much young talent on that team and a new coaching staff so with someone like Derek Stingley Jr he's somebody who I love coming out of you know I'm an LSU guy so I love what he was able to do there and thought he could be I still think he could be a big star in the NFL and this year in a different system, where he's going to be able to be more aggressive, how does that fit? Is he is he able to live up to that? Is he ready for that? Uh, also, with C.J. Stroud, we know that he has the ability to move around the pocket. I think he'll be he'll be asked to use that more in NFL than he did in college. We only saw it in college for a couple of games, maybe NFL. I think we'll see more of that of uh, mobile ability, and we have to contain him. Things that you know Cam Jordan is good at. Uh, Carl Granson is good at is when they rush being disciplined in their rush, right? It's one thing to get past your office alignment. It's another thing to get past your office alignment and contain a mobile quarterback. Uh, so I think that our defense line is good at that. And we'll make CJ Stroud have to pass the ball and read our defense. And by week six for a rookie, that's what you want him to do. You want him to have to make decisions in tough situations. And I think, you know, we'll be able to hopefully win that game just off by
0: experience versus their youth. It's going to be interesting for sure. And, and another thing about week six, there's going to be tape out there more about CJ's Stroud and his tendencies. So that will be another thing to keep up with to see if he's able to make those adjustments. Uh, because I always say a, a player is good, but when you know a player is has staying power is when a team makes adjustments against them and then that player makes the adjustments to still be effective. So that'll be interesting to watch and see how early he's make those, able to make those adjustments. Now, uh, moving on. The next week, you got Jacksonville, and actually, it's a Thursday night game, so you have a quick turnaround from the Texans to Jacksonville. Now, I wouldn't want this quick turnaround just because you're going from a team that's inexperienced, young, you don't know what to expect, to a high-flying offense led by Trevor Lawrence. Now, That Jacksonville offense, I mean, I've said this numerous times, they could average probably 30 points a game this year. They have the potential to do so. And the New Orleans Saints defense has a task on their hands. So if you're the New Orleans uh, defense, I mean, the biggest thing I would think is to probably get pressure on Trevor Lawrence and try to expose that offensive line. I mean, do you agree or do you have some other things you could think about?
1: No, that's definitely the key. The key is to make Trevor Lawrence as uncomfortable as possible. Make it to where he doesn't have time for all those weapons to get open. Um, Also, stop the run. If they're not able to run the ball, you make it to where they have longer downs to complete those passes. Uh, With Jacksonville, man, they have this wide receiver now by the name of Calvin Ridley that uh, Saints fans have become very, 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 very familiar with over the years because of his time with Atlanta. Uh, He had a lot of success against us, and the six games that he played he had 36 receptions for 556 yards and four touchdowns against us a lot of success against the saints so that matchup like you said a quick turnaround i am not excited about it not gonna be i'm not gonna lie to you uh, it's gonna be a tough one for us but you know hopefully we can get that pressure on trevor lawrence and make him uncomfortable stop their run game and make them one dimensional and then when they are one dimensional be able to contain christian kirk and ridley and evan ingram they have a lot of weapons so I do agree with you. That's going to be a very, very tough matchup.
0: Well, one weapon you didn't mention was Zay Jones, and I call him uh, Bruce Leroy. If you just go see his picture, you'll understand why I call him Bruce Leroy. But uh, (laughs) another guy that I would say, a young guy to watch out for when you flip over the team to defense, Jacksonville defense, um, Tyson Campbell. He's a guy that actually has continued to grow and evolve and is now their number one corner. And from all accounts, is ready to take that next step into elite categories. So it'll be interesting to see Tyson Campbell versus Michael Thomas. Of course, assuming he's healthy, you know, it'll be interesting to watch that. Um, Last, but certainly not least, I do have to mention the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that game is October 29th. So by October, you're done with the AFC South. But. In that game, you have to deal with a gentleman that is coming back from calf and back injuries that actually is reportedly looking very good and like the old version of himself. That would be Mr. Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, as they call him now these days. And and he could potentially be there to wreck the Saints offense. And if he plays at an all-pro level, I mean, how do you deal with that type of talent in the middle of a defense if you're the Saints?
1: You try to avoid him at all costs, right? I <laughs> wherever he's at, go the opposite direction. <laughs> like he's he's an absolute monster. Like you say, when he's healthy, he disrupts everything. So just go the opposite direction of what he's doing. Try to fool him sometimes. Maybe you run a stretch play action where you're faking it to the left. And next thing you know, you have something going behind him to the right. Like try to get him out of position. That's the best way to try to attack somebody like that. Is just make sure that they're not involved in every play because he has this sixth sense where he just knows where the ball is and either get an interception or he's forcing fumbles with the classic peanut punch that he has. So it's something that he's very good at and you just want to avoid him at all costs.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting just to see um how he does in terms of coming back this season, battling through the back injury, which anytime anyone has back surgery, I don't care what they tell me, you're never really the same after back surgery. Uh So, It'll be interesting to see. And then also, what will be interesting to see is if the, the Saints' offensive line can kind of get to that second level. Of course, they do have Buckner up front, uh, the, the Colts do. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get to that next level and get to Shaquille Leonard. And another thing you did mention in terms of misdirection, one thing is to change his sight level. Uh, because, of course, you could run different things, going left, right, things like that, to make his eyes see different things. It's almost like, you know, motion and things like that. I know the Saints do like running some motion in their offense, but I would say they may want to check out the 49ers and how they kind of move in motion and things like that to kind of deal with different defensive players. That may be something that could help them. Uh, But, you know, of course I do want to mention Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr. Now they're a combination that could have a a really good year and could grow together to be the best combination of wide receivers in the AFC South. Now I am not saying they are. I know Jacksonville is that right now. But I said they could grow into that. Um so them versus the Saints secondary, those big, long, fast wide receivers versus the Saints secondary. Does that give you a little trepidation uh even though, you know, the Saints uh, I mean the, the the Colts don't necessarily, you know, have an experienced quarterback or a uh, you know, or Minshew plays, don't have a a guy that really has that type of arm uh, to you know take advantage of of any anybody's secondary like that.
1: No, I have a lot of confidence in our secondary. I believe Lattimore is one of the best in the league. Uh, Paulson Depot, I believe, is underrated. Alante Taylor made a big jump at the second half of last year. I think he is somebody who can hold his own as number two or number three. Love our safety, so I'm not. I don't have like a trepidation about their wide receivers. My biggest uh, trepidation would be if it is Richardson that's playing. Another thing about containing somebody who's that athletic, right? He's on a different Justin Fields, you know, type level of athleticism where once he takes off, he can be gone, and our defensive line and linebackers have to be ready for that.
0: Now I will mention this too. I didn't know if you knew this fact about Monte Taylor. Now he, when he was at University of Tennessee. He actually came in as a wide receiver and he switched to play defensive oh, wow. back. So that's how that actually happened. That makes he sense actually the size from- for sure. Yeah, he's from the state of Tennessee, so I remember him playing wide receiver and being recruited and things like that and then playing for the University of Tennessee at that point. Yeah. I figured I throw a little nugget out there for uh for for you out there for Alante Taylor. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's but- nice. I love that. But yeah, we went over the AFC South uh, versus the Saints. But, you know, of course, there is a game to this show. It's five questions, two answers, and one choice. But we're not going to start it right now. We're going to give you a quick commercial break, let Damien kind of catch his breath, get his mind right for this game. Uh <laughs> When we come back, five questions, two answers, and one choice on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. You ever missed your mom's home-cooked meals? Well, you're not always able to get to those, but you are able to get to h ts Home Cooking. Established in 2005, Patty Palin and her staff go out six days a week to create some of the best home-style meals you can taste and at a fair price. So if you're in Nashville and you like chicken and dressings, green beans, macaroni cheese, and other things, stop by h ts Home Cooking. The address is 2264 Pike. Nashville, Tennessee, 37217, and they are open Monday through Thursday and Sunday, 11 to 6, 30, and Friday, 11 to 7, and if you want to order online, of course, the option is available as well at hthomecooking.com, or you can call 615-367-0049, HT's ts Home Cooking, food for yourself. I'm ready to go get some food now. But, of course, they're not open today. They'll be open tomorrow. But, <laughs> but uh, we do have the game portion of the show. Five questions, two answers, and one choice. Damien, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get it. All right now first question over or under 11 sacks for cam jordan this year
1: i'm gonna go under but it's gonna be a good thing because i a slime will pick up the slack
0: okay all right all right we're gonna flip to some music we're gonna go big time with here you know cash money all right we got the number one stunner what 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 you know i ain't gonna go to that or we got still fly you got to pick one song you're riding out to. Which one are you going with?
1: Oh, I got to go still fly. I got to go still fly on that one. Like I was in sixth grade when still fly came out and it was everywhere. It was everything like, yeah, still fly. Like I'll still play it to this day. Like I'll play in, like a little dog basketball league. I'll still play it to get hype right before I got the car. Like still fly is my joint.
0: Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, next one up is, of course, we're going back to uh, we're going to New Orleans, you know, beignet or a boy, which one are you taking? Which one? you got to have that good meal. Oh, which wow. one you going with?
1: That's tough because usually I can eat those two in the same day. You know, you have a beignet in the morning. You got a pole boy for lunch. Oh, man. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would go with the beignet because there's so many other options. As far as lunch and dinner in new orleans so i'll go to the beignet to start my day because yeah is every time i go back home i probably consume like 15 to 20 beignets and the time i'm there like i love
0: beignets. <laughs> oh man i tell you what i do like the po boys though the po boys there are different than the po boys you get anywhere outside of new orleans just letting folks know that because i mean oh, for sure you know you talk about you had a po boy but no you ain't had a real po boy till you go down to new orleans that's that's just facts um, all right, we yeah, gotta go more describe to Russia, the type of pull boy.
1: I so say, you got the type of pull boy that you have. Like, my favorite pull boy is an alligator pull boy, so I like to have the alligator on there with high sauce. I got the pickles, like, my pull boys point with the sauce, the alligator. Like, the, the bread has to be the right condition of bread, it gotta be soft, but not too soft. Like, the pull boy. It's it's a science to it. Like it's not just a simple thing. The right pole boy and whatever your stock sausage. Some people like chicken, like, but me, alligator po' boy is my go-to.
0: Okay, all right. Well, you know, I haven't tried that one, but I the shrimp po boy is definitely my go-to because I love shrimp seafood. So that that's right up my alley right there. Um let's see. Next one. More rushing yards this season, Alvin Kamara or Jamal Williams. Oh, Alvin Kamara
1: uh, even with the three game suspension, I still think more rushing yards because he's gonna be used so Much uh, touchdowns though
0: Okay, all right, all right uh, Next question I got for you. We're going uh, let's see. We're going a little Wayne with this one. Okay, the Carter three Is the album? Yeah. Let the beat build or Millie which song are you taking?
1: oh that's tough <laughs> um this might be an unpopular choice but i like let the beat build i like let the beat build because just the way like and him you know spitting over it is is super dope so uh, i'm gonna go unpopular choice of people
0: okay all right well that's five questions but i did have a bonus one for you since i you know this i didn't mention any you know master p or no limit so I got to throw a bonus one in there, the No Limit question. OK, here we go. We got No Limit Soldiers by True. For those that don't know, True stands for the real untouchables. Or make them say, uh, Master P. You got to pick one song. Which one are you picking?
1: All right, so you the connection broke up just a little bit. Can I have that one more time?
0: OK, we got No Limit Soldiers by true which is the real untouchables or make them say on oh, by master p which song are you taking oh man that's a, that's a tough one for sure man
1: <laughs> brings back memories of having cds every every week no limit was dropping a <laughs> dropping a different cd uh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go and make them say uh i'm gonna go and make them say uh because it's such a classic and even the skinning with uh, I believe it's Kel from Keenan and Kel who's trying to act like he's uh, Master P, like, man, this ain't no P, and then they start the song, like, everything about that is classic.
0: All right, all right, that's five questions and a bonus one uh, two answers and one choice. Thank you again for coming on, Damien, breaking down the New Orleans Saints and of course, them against the AFC South. Uh, you know, I want to give the floor to you. Tell everyone what you're working on, what you have going on and where they can find you on social media.
1: Oh, man, thank you so much for having me on the show again. I'm a big fan of your show, and I know that you have you know, so many big time guests that come on, so I'm happy to be a part of that fraternity of guests. We're touring the AFC South for sure. And for me, what's going on, my podcast is The Real Deal with Damian Adams, which you can catch every week, usually dropping on Monday nights or Tuesday morning. We'll be back this week after taking a break last week. Uh, I just got hired recently by Burn City Sports. So this is a sports outlet in Phoenix. So if you are a fan of Phoenix sports teams or live in the Phoenix area, make sure you check out Burn City Sports consistent content like i'm talking about every day you're going to get consistent content on the cardinals the suns the coyotes everything arizona state uh the phoenix rising everything phoenix sports wise will be covered by burn city sports and you'll get a lot of my content there my main job there is covering the phoenix suns uh, for this upcoming season so if you are a suns fan or just a basketball fan period you know suns gonna be one of the best teams this year make sure you check out burn city sports for my suns content there. Uh, If you live in the Arizona area and you are interested in high school football, follow me on Twitter. I will be covering high school football on Friday nights for AZ Central as well. So got a lot going on right now. And you know, it's truly a blessing to be booked and busy. And it starts with being booked on this show. So thank you again for having me, Mike.
0: Yes, sir. And then tell everyone where they can find you on uh, social media again
1: oh yes uh you can find me at the real deal wda that's the real deal w as in whiskey d as in delta a as in alpha on all social media platforms on instagram it's the real deal wda2 the original one got hacked to restart restarted so it's the real deal wda2 but everywhere else it's the real deal wda i'm always dropping content on social media TikTok, twitter or the platform formerly known as twitter as i call it now uh i'll have stuff on there as well so make sure you go and check me out on social media at the real deal wda
0: all right and then also for those that don't know if you want to talk boxing damien's your guy he actually is a judge for that or is training to be a judge for that as well so wanted to throw that out there because you know definitely i'm not the the most in-depth boxing fan but i know who to go to if i need boxing information for sure um I want to thank everyone yeah, for tuning in, of course. That. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Touring the AFC South. Of course, my name is Mike Patton. You can find me on Twitter at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N 82. You can find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore, general, underscore, MP. Um, as far as Torn the AFC South, you can find it on YouTube. Hello, everybody. You can also find it on all your listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. You name it. We are there. Go like, subscribe and comment as well. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in. You've been watching Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.